Jess Connolly, and you are listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. We exist to equip and encourage kingdom women who are using their God-given gifts for the good of others and the glory of God. If you are a mom, a student, an artist, a doctor, we are hoping that this episode will leave you encouraged and ready to run. We're so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. I'm Jess Connolly, and today I have my dear friend, Anna Victorson, here with me. Hello, friends. We're thankful to be joining you today as we talk about work and rest. Listen, we like work. We do. And we like rest. We do. I I appreciate appreciate your voice in that. We do. Do. So, in planning for this episode, we know this is a question a lot of women struggle with whether you are using your God given gifts in some kind of small business or ministry, whether you work like a more standard job where you get to serve people or help people or lead people or work under people, whether you're a stay at home mom or a student. We just know this is a real struggle for a lot of us trying to figure out how do we balance these two sides of our life? How do we be good workers and be good resters? And you and I, I don't know that we land on different ends of the spectrum in work and rest, Anna, but I would say we have different versions of struggle here. Yeah. Would you agree? Absolutely. Okay. I once heard someone tell me that they were a quantity time mom. And I thought that was such a good description. And I was like, okay, tell me more. And she was like, well, I'm a quantity time mom, meaning like, I just kind of always want to be around my kids. It's not that I always want to be doing super special or intense things with them, but I just, I always want to be there. I want to physically be there all the time. And you might think I'm about to talk about motherhood, but I'm not. But when she (laughs) used that description, I was like, Ooh, I would say I'm a quantity time worker. So my struggle in the tension of balancing work and rest is usually that I love working and I will let it seep into lots of different parts of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think this is also, you know, aided or made worse by the problem that my work is very fluid. So it follows me. It lives on my phone. Being pastors, Nick and I, like our work is, doesn't have a start and stop. The tasks are usually- You're not, it's it's not a standard eight to five, Monday through Friday, and then you like are done for the weekend. Yeah. I find myself as a quantity time worker, really struggling with creating like spaces that are solely dedicated to rest Mm -hmm. or recovery or renewal. I mean, even in light of like, for example, I love exercising. It's a place where I find a lot of renewal. Well, oops, we made it into (laughs) my work work. (laughs) by creating good body gals. And I have a lot of things like that. Like I love studying the Bible, but I also need to teach the Bible. I love writing, but it's also my job. Mm -hmm. So even a lot of the activities that bring me renewal and rest are Are also (laughs) a part of my vocation. So that's my struggle. What does your struggle look like? Yeah. I would say my struggle is that I feel like I, my work can be a little bit more black and white, which is nice, Mm -hmm. but I definitely struggle most with 
finding my personal worth in my work. Yeah. I'm a pretty hardcore straight edge Enneagram three, <laughs> which I I actually like that about myself. Yes, I would not I would not change that about myself. But that means that I really I really value work. I always have. I've always been a hard worker. I was you know growing up, I was always the one who would like do the group project and do everything. And I I would actually honestly. of the time, do it pretty joyfully. I really enjoy working, but it can definitely swing to an unhealthy point where if I'm not working or if it is time to rest, work still seeps in. So even if it's like my laptop is shut, I'm, you know, off for the weekend or off for vacation or a day off, I'm still a lot of times mentally working where, you know, I'm not physically responding to emails and coming into the office, but I'm in my head thinking this didn't get done and I'm adding this to my list and, Mm. oh, here's a great idea that we should try next week. And then, you know, even if it's mental, you're not making the most of your rest and that time that you should be, you know, dedicated for that. So I would say that's probably my biggest, my biggest struggle. That's so good. That's really, yeah, that's real. So I know that as you listen, you're going to land on somewhere on the spectrum of struggling in this. Maybe it's that you are like, I don't know, man, I love rest. I actually have a friend recently that I was talking to a little bit ago, and we were in a a large group of people who were just kind of confessing how they struggled to rest, and everybody kind of walked away, and she was like, I am the exact opposite. Like, I love rest, (laughs) and I struggle with work. I was like, real. It's real. Yeah. But I think the tension is out there, and we're all kind of always sort of figuring out in our particular seasons, which we want to talk about today, you know, how we can do this well, how we can even maybe do it better. Yeah. So I do want to revisit. We say this often on the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm going to say it again today. I want to start with just like the idea of the question of balance. So we often say at Go and Tell Gals, if you were asking, how do I balance A and B? Maybe a better question to ask is, does it need to be balanced? Mm-hmm. And I appreciate, in the name of Jesus, the struggle of figuring out like the tension between the two and even the logistical balance of like, yeah. what does this look like for other women? How do people do this well? So I'm not discounting the need for that. But I do want to say that I've noticed a lot of times when we're asking about balance, really what we're asking is, how can I do this in a way that measures up to everybody else? Mm. Or how can I do this in a way that's expected? For me, I'm just kind of confessing that's how I feel that a lot of times when I'm asking, how do I balance A and B? Really what I want to know is, how can I seem like I'm doing a good job? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's <laughs> you know, very real. I'm real. Or like, like culturally, like what, what is, what is the norm here? Like yes, what, what should exactly. this look like? What is the norm here? Yeah. And the reason why I just want to say, because we're real women who want to say real words and we want to serve you really well. The reason why I know that this is an issue is because the truth is friends in any area where we're wrestling with balance If you came to me when I was being just super raw, maybe I was having a hard day and all my niceness was burned off, and you said, how do I balance work and rest? Let's say, again, I'm having a horrible day. I might be like, well, you rest and you work and you do it the way that it works for you. That's the very raw kind of like edgy answer, which we're not giving today because (laughs) I'm having a great day. (laughs) 
and I recognize recognize that this is an issue. But again, that's what I'm saying. I think a lot of us know what's right for us. A lot of us know what would work for us, or a lot of us could figure that out. So really, sometimes I think what we're trying to figure out is what works for everybody else and what's acceptable. Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on balance because I know you have also not a differing viewpoint, but an adjoining one. Yeah, I feel like mine definitely lines up with that. But I think, you know, we we talk a lot about the idea of balance and how in our business, in our office, we talk a lot about balance and how we don't subscribe to it. But I still sometimes struggle with then, you know, out in the wild saying like, oh, I'm balancing this. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, should I not say that? Like, mm-hmm, am I, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Like, a, yep. not not even like shame, but like like a gut check of like, what do I mean when I say it? And so I was looking and one of the definitions of balance is actually a condition in which different elements are in the correct proportions. And I super resonated with that because I think a lot of times when I say balance or even like past this conversation, if I like say, I I will probably still continue (laughs) to use the word balance, but that's what I mean. So it's not even like I'm looking to other people or I'm trying to like equal out the two. Like I'm trying to be like, okay, I'm working this much. And so I'm going to rest this much or, you know what I mean? Something like that. That would be like technically an equal balance. Yeah. But I think for me, it is like finding that sweet spot, like the correct proportions, what works for me. And that's not prescriptive for everyone. And that's going to like shift from season to season. But just thinking of, what is the correct proportion? Like for me right now, what what does resting look like? What does working look like? And how do I actually execute that? That is so good. I love that. Like what's the correct proportion for me? Yeah. And to just be so honest and and hopefully sound as compassionate as we feel, that actually is like a struggle to it figure out truly, for yourself. Truly it's not it truly an answer is. we all yeah. necessarily have access to immediately. One other thing I want to say about like the question of balance, my favorite show, if you've listened to the podcast at all, <laughs> you probably know is the West Wing. I love to quote it. And one of my favorite lines from the West Wing is that a lot of times if people in the West Wing are talking to a reporter and they get a question they don't like or they don't want to answer or that they don't even agree with, they'll say, don't accept the premise of the question. Don't accept the premise of the question. Mm -hmm. So like, don't even take the truth of the question to be true. Say like, I don't accept that. So I want to say for me, to a degree, I don't even want to accept the premise of the question of how do we balance work and rest in that. I believe a lot of us, when we ask that, we believe or we have this sense that work and rest are at war with one mm-hmm. another or that they're at tension with one yeah. another or that if you love work, you can't love rest mm-hmm. or that if you're good at resting, you can't also be good at work. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I don't want to accept the premise of this question, the reason why I want to come against it, like just from the very nature of the question is because biblically, in the Garden of Eden, the beginning of creation, we see cultivation, we see work given to Adam before the fall, and we also see rest. Yeah. And in eternity, when we're learning about the new heaven and the new earth, we see evidence that we'll have cultivation, we will have things to do, and also we will have ultimate rest. 
And so biblically, from a kingdom perspective, from an eternal perspective, we are people who are built for work and we are people who are built for rest. And those things are not at war. Mm -hmm. And so if that just helps everybody take a deep breath to know like your life gets to hold both Mm -hmm. and that this isn't like a tension that you have to pull apart and decide who you are. You get to do both. You get to do both. We get to be women who work and we get to be women who rest in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So going all the way back to the garden, to me, I feel like we can't talk about rest without really talking about the biblical principle that we work from rest. I know we've mentioned this on the podcast. We've mentioned it for sure in our Rhythms of Work and Worship e-course, where we talk a lot about balance and we talk a lot about rhythms and what your life can look like in a healthy way. But In Genesis, at creation, we see there was evening and then there was morning the first day. And it says this over and over and over again. There was evening and then there was morning the first day. And why this is so important is because what we see is essentially the eternal day, the earthly day that God created starts at evening. It doesn't start at morning. There was evening and then there was morning the first day. There was evening and then there was morning. And this is so incredibly essential to us as humans and followers of Jesus as we learn to balance these two tensions because so many of us are taught and shown that the appropriate way for us to rest is to work, 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 collapse, and then rest. But from a kingdom perspective, we are told that we rest first and then we work out of that rest, motivated by that rest, compelled by the grace and the mercy and the compassion that we find in that rest. And this is like kind of a big picture, slightly nebulous, like emotional idea. But practically, I think it actually changes our lives. Mm -hmm. And I would say there's two big ways, and we can talk about this more when we talk about some practical ways to balance work and rest. But practically, I think this changes the game for us in two ways. Number one, I genuinely believe, and I try to practice this as best I can, that I believe we should start our rest start our evenings essentially, or start our sleep with as much intention as we start our day. Mm -hmm. And just from a straight logistical capacity, we see this. Most women will agree. Like they don't have a set bedtime. They work, 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 work. They watch TV, they get the laundry done. And then whenever it's all finished, they go to sleep rather than intentionally starting with like, okay, I'm going to go to bed at this time. I'm going to prepare for my sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like, I'm going to treat this as if it's essential to my life and my living and my health and my spirituality. So I would say this can be as specific as really starting your evening, starting your sleep, starting the rest with as much intention as we start our day. But also I would say logistically, we can plan and strategize our rest and our restoration with as much intention as we plan our work. Mm -hmm. And so many of us spend so much time thinking about how we're going to work, when we're going to work, what our calling is, what our five-year plan is, where we're headed, where we're going. And then we try to add in rest on top of that. But I would say it's so fundamental to actually look at your life and say, where will I experience renewal? Where will I rest? How will I rest? Mm. Where will I get the restoration that I need? How will I be recreated so that then from that, I can then use my God-given gifts for the good of others and God's glory? 
thoughts? Uh, yeah, yeah, to all of it. <laughs> I'm like thinking about <laughs> the last thing you said. I'm thinking about like all the seasons of my life where I've like been like in between jobs or trying to like figure out my calling and how like intentional I was about like praying about those and like digging into those. And I'm like, when have I ever actually, besides like out of pure need, like prayed for rest or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. The struggle is real. Let's take a quick break right here. What are you doing March 4th, 2023? Well, let me tell you what I would love for you to be doing. I would love for you to join us for our rally event. Rally is a one-day coaching event for the woman who wants to set goals that matter and move forward in her calling. This event is for any woman who feels stuck or is having a hard time getting started using her God-given gifts or just moving forward in her life. It is for the woman who could use some help clearing the path in front of her, who needs to identify how to kickstart the dreams that God has given her and who might need a little motivation to keep going. Listen, we specifically planned this event in March because we said, All the gals we know, including us, start January rearing to go. And by February, we're disappointed and frustrated with ourselves. And by March, we're really trying to figure out how to move forward and how to do it in a sustainable and life-giving and world-changing way. And that's why we decided to hold this event. Again, it's a one-day coaching event. It's here in Charleston. And by the way, March is beautiful in Charleston. It's from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And we're going to help you with goal setting, dreaming, strategizing, how to take care of your soul, how to build community in a healthy and life-giving way. And we would absolutely love to have you there. The word rally means to bring into order again, to gather and organize or inspire anew. And that is what we are praying God does in your life. Find out more details about Rally at goandtellgals.com. We would love to see you there. All right, listen, so we've covered the question of balance. We've covered this fundamental idea that we work from rest. I want to talk now a little bit about what it looks like to rest and to intentionally rest and work in different seasons. Yeah. Because I actually wish in the name of Jesus that someone had pulled me aside in my early 20s and said, the way you're resting right now is actually not going to work in three years. Yeah, And the way you're going to rest and be recreated in that way is not going to work five years after that. And I think I may have shared this with you a little bit ago. Like, you know, it's always so encouraging when you realize you've grown. And I don't know that I even see this as positive growth, but a little bit ago, I was thinking about I actually know I just told you this a few weeks ago because we were on the road or we were on a trip and I mentioned it, but I remember that there was a season when my kids were little and I want to say they were maybe like three, two, and one. And I was mostly a stay-at-home mom, but I was also working a good bit. I was really starting to write a lot. I mean, now when I think back at how much I was doing online, I'm like, woof, I was probably writing at least one blog post a day, Instagramming a few times a day, you know constantly contacting other women who did stuff on the internet, starting to do a little coaching. And I remember when my kids would go down for their nap every day that I loved it. And that's when I would like sit and have coffee and kind of like restart my day and get a little bit of work done. But I remember there was a moment in there where I thought, 
I don't know how I will ever make it through a day without like two hours of quiet sitting down by myself. Mm. And I remember feeling really intimidated about any kind of event or any kind of random day where I would have to be out of the house or going from like nine to five. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, I'll never be able to do that again. Yeah, like no matter what, you need to have like a couple like dedicated I need a nap time. quiet, yes, quiet time. Yes, <laughs> I was like, I'll ne- I don't know how I'll ever be able to make it through all the- through the day without having mm-hmm. a nap time. But what I didn't know is that I needed that because that season of parenting was so physically exhausting mm-hmm. and so hands on. But now, Lord have mercy. I mean, sometimes I leave my house at seven and don't get back till 10 and like forget to sit down the whole day because that's the nature of my life. But my parenting is not as physically exhausting as it used to be. So it's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes so much sense. And so I just, I wish someone had told me early on, don't get too attached to certain versions of rest Yeah, and do really work to figure out what works for you in each season. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't remember the first person who I heard say this quote, but I love this idea that balance is not a 24-hour endeavor, that it can't be achieved in a 24-hour set of time. And I think this is really important to consider for different seasons, Mm -hmm. that I am not at all eschewing the need for daily rest. I think we all need daily rest. I think we all need to sleep daily and reconnect with God daily. (laughs) Physiologically. (laughs) Yes. I think we all need mental space to like, think and feel every single day. Um, But that being said, for me, I would say specifically in this season, the balance of the work and rest is absolutely not a daily process. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more of a weekly process. Yeah. And I can barely breathe if I don't have my actual real like 24-hour Sabbath every single week because the work is so heavy on the other days. Yeah. But that seems to work really well for me. What does the like actual balance proportions look like for you in this season? Yeah, I mean, I would say that that's similar, that it definitely feels weekly with having, you know, primarily working Monday through Friday yeah, and then having a weekend to kind of have like a pretty hard like reset. And that doesn't mean I do, I don't, I do nothing on weekends. I right. don't just like lay around. I'm still very active. But you're yeah. out and about. You're in the culture. Yeah, I am. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm being a yard lady. I'm I'm doing yard work. I'm I'm going to Home it. Depot. I'm doing it. house projects. <laughs> I'm vacuuming a lot, you know, lots of random things. But then yeah, trying to have at least one day dedicated of like, okay, this is like Sabbath, this is a rest day. Yeah. And like you said, like that is like really like kind of like a rest reset for me of like, okay, now, now let's like go into this work week. And I feel like I'm in kind of like a fluid, a little bit of like a travel season where I just have like a lot of random like weekend trips, like all good, all fun stuff, like going to see family or having people come and stay with me to visit because we live in Charleston and people like to Mm -hmm. visit us here. Mm -hmm. And I definitely find that I get tired and like feel very worn out so much quicker, even though a lot of times those weekends, I'm not like, it's not like I'm doing crazy things. I'm not out running marathons, but when I don't have that like actual rhythm of having those like couple like down days in my house and then like a Sabbath, then it really does feel like I, I definitely feel it the upcoming week. I love that. Yeah, that's so good. I think the really big question for each of us to ask is, 
what particular version of rest and restoration does your soul and your season require right now? Yeah. And this is me giving like a very big wink. You can't see me, but I'm winking. I'm doing a lot of writing. Wink, 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 wink about this right now. Doing a lot of book writing. Wink about this right now. About this. Wink <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of writing about this right now, and it's really all I can think about, about how important it is for each of us individually to know exactly what kind of tired we are. Yeah. And so I wish I could hand you a whole book on this right now, but I'm going to very soon. Wink. Wink. <laughs> um, but right stop. now, I trust Holy Spirit in you to help you pay attention to your own places of fatigue, to figure out what kind of exhausted you are, yeah. and to try to rest at those places. And this isn't an idea I made up. Ruth Haley Barton is one of my favorite authors, and she always talks about like finding the places of your fatigue and just paying attention to them. So I would say for me right now, where I need the most rest is emotionally. You just heard me get off the phone with like a call with one of my teens just in the middle of the workday. One of my teens needed like a quick pep talk. Last night, I got home from a 10-hour road trip to a funeral and had to do like an emotional, let me pray with you, let me process your life. On top of that, as far as ministry and even just ministering to people online and holding and paying attention to their pain, I need so much emotional rest. Mm -hmm. And so I have to take that into consideration when it's my day off or even at night, like what that looks like. Like yeah. I told you, for example, I had to stop watching This Is Us because <laughs> I was like, this is <laughs> emotionally, not, it's not restful this for is me. Not yeah. emotional rest for me. This is not it. Like, this is actually exhausting. And even in, in the ways that I'm recreated, that I'm letting God put me back together, they can't be emotionally taxing. So I would just massively encourage you to think about what that looks like in your life. Yeah. And I love that. And this has been such a helpful conversation for me. And even like hearing that story about you with, you know rest, like physical rest changing for you yeah. from when you had small kids to now and, you know, everything we've been winking about for the, <laughs> over the past couple minutes. I, it's just been such a topic of conversation yeah. and it has just massively like encouraged and almost like forced me to really like reassess what rest looks like. Yeah. And really like helped free me up to know that rest is yeah. going to look so different in different seasons. I'm pregnant right now and I am so physically tired and I am always someone who sleeps a lot at night, but I never take naps. I never really like physically rest during the day because I'm just a, you know, pretty, pretty solid sleeper at night. And Praise I, God. And, and, and that is a <laughs> gift. It is one of my favorite parts about myself. Anyway. I find myself a lot of days around 5 p.m. I need a 20-minute nap. Yeah. And I have never done that before in my whole life. Come but on. that's what gets me through, you know, the last few hours of my day before I get to have a very long physical rest. And I think had this not been such a topic of conversation, I think I would have felt some like guilt in that. Yeah. And even some like, you know, back to like, I can find my personal worth in my work, like feeling like I'm not working hard enough. Like this is a reflection on me where it's like actually the best, most productive thing that I could do right now is take a nap when I need it. So yeah. And also knowing that it has an end date. It's not always going to be like that. Exactly. And exactly. that's what I need right now. And so I'm going to listen to that. And mm. I think we all just need to have like rhythms to be able to assess 
assess that more often. So good. I love that. Okay. Let's go into the practicals of balancing work and rest. Here's my encouragement to you. Number one, implement daily, weekly, and quarterly rhythms of rest that are life-giving to you. I think that one thing that is making all of us feel funky about rest or not want to even do it. I hear women say this all the time, like, oh, I hate rest. And I will say, if you hate rest, you're going to hate heaven because (laughs) we're definitely going to experience restoration there. Now, that being said, of course, there's also going to be cultivation. And so we're going to see both of those things in heaven. But I think a lot of it is because... We picture rest as lazy or we picture it as unproductive when it could not be more untrue. Like resting is so productive for our souls and so important to our work. But also more than that, I think a lot of times it's because we're trying to rest like we think we should rest or we've seen other people rest or we think is wise or cool to rest. (laughs) So let me give you a quick example. I would just say my husband, what's particularly life-giving for him is sitting very quiet and reading. That is actually the worst way for me to rest. I need to usually move my body. I need to be in my body and move. I need to, my best day off, I'm going on a run or I'm going to a spin class or I'm doing something to just get in my body and experience Mm -hmm. it. But also I usually need to talk or laugh or like have a little bit of noise. And that's not because there's something wrong with my brain. It's because that's what's recreating for me. That's Mm -hmm. what kind of puts me back together. So you've got to know the rhythms that are life-giving to you. And if you hate rest, number one, it could be because your soul has grown very used to striving. So there's that to process anyhow, but also it might be because you're resting in a way that's not life-giving for you. What's life-giving for you in rest right now? Naps. Naps. That's new. I would not have said that, but yeah, right now it is literally naps. I need you to know (laughs) that if I take a nap, I'm going to wake up like a serial killer. That's kind of how I used to be. You used to be, but now your body just needs it. Now I need it. And I also have learned, I set like a 20 or 25 minute alarm. Yeah. (laughs) And so I literally will sleep for like 20 minutes and that recharges me without going like, you know, deep into my REM cycle and waking up feeling all like, who am I? What day is it? What's happening? And that's when you get home from work Mm -hmm. and you can still sleep at night. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. But I think it's also because I'm sleeping such a short amount of time. I'm near building. I don't know. I also also. could potentially sleep two hours and then still go and get a full night's sleep because that's who I am as a person. I love that for you. You know, I'm in this season where my sleep hygiene is like maybe one of the most important parts of my life. Yeah. It's like my fifth child. So the coffee has to stop at like 10 a.m. Yep. for me to be able to sleep at night. I'm actually taking medication to help me sleep because I've talked a little bit about it on the podcast, but I just completely stopped sleeping in like March and April of this year and actually lost my ever-loving mind. And so like getting a solid seven hours every night is now one of the most important parts of my life. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Another practical that I think is really helpful for us as we're balancing work and rest is knowing why your work matters and being able to communicate that to yourself Mm. and others. Again, I don't think that we will be better at resting somehow if we talk about our work like it's not important yeah. or if we like value rest over work. Mm-hmm. I think they're both so valuable. 
And so I think part of what really helps this situation is knowing why your work matters and why you want to give energy to it. And, and again, not only being able to communicate that to other people, because I find a lot of times we really struggle with this, with communicating why our work is important and we need to take, make time and space for it, but also being able to communicate it to yourself so you can kind of preach to yourself and speak truth to yourself about when it's time to go to work. And knowing it's not a place of obligation, but it's truly a get to, a way that we get to serve others or be a part of the world or cultivate just a more Christ-like humanity wherever God's placed us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thought I have about that, just adding on is, yeah, if we don't know like how important our work is, no matter what that is, it's going to make us feel like we can't fully rest. It's going to make us feel like, like if you're like no matter what you're doing, if you ever, like, I think about the word just and like, oh, well, like I'm just, I'm just working part-time outside of the home right now. I'm just, I'm just a student going to classes. I'm just this. You're downplaying what your work is so much that then when it is time to rest in your head, you're always going to have that like, well, do you follow what I'm saying? I I really do. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So it's like the more, I feel like the more importance you place on what your work is, no matter what it is, no matter if other people recognize it as like a physical vocation or not, yeah, that's going to make you know, like, I need to rest and I am going to work from that rest. Yeah. I mean, going back to the whole idea of balance, what I'm hearing you say, like going back to the whole idea of of balance is imagining a scale. And if you have your work, your calling, your vocation on one side and rest on another, and you put like a tiny feather on your work and you're you're like, like, it doesn't matter. Then when it comes to work, it's like, or rest. It's like, oh, well then I just need that. Yes. 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 You need to treat both as important as they are to you and as important as they are to the kingdom and to your soul and your relationship. Yeah. Mm. That's it. Um, Another quick practical tactic that has helped me a ton this year is the idea of benevolent detachment. This is an idea that John Eldridge coined. And essentially how I would say it in my words, it's benevolent detachment is the kind, compassionate removal of yourself from a place of obligation or Mm over-responsibility. And John Eldridge talks a lot about benevolent detachment in in regards to people and, and being benevolently detached from them and not saying like you're resigned or you don't care, you don't care about what happens to them, but you love them and and you care for them. And also, you know, you cannot be ultimately responsible for them all the time. And you cannot be constantly connected and attached to their well-being in a way that precludes you from giving glory to God and taking care of your own soul. But Practicing benevolent detachment has really helped me in my work as well. I know I've shared this with you, Anna, and I've shared this with a few other people in different coaching sessions that I've even started to write different benevolent detachment prayers for parts of my work. So for Mm -hmm. example, I'm in a book writing season right now, and I wake up thinking about writing. And even you saw me this morning when I came in from the office, I was like, okay, I need to somehow now detach from the book to get into work because I'll start thinking about it and it will be all I want to do. I'll want to keep writing. I want to keep my fingers on the touchboard. I keep my fingers <laughs> on the keyboard. I just won't want to move on. And so I've started to practice even using benevolent detachment prayers for my work and saying like, God, I thank you for this work. I thank you that I get to do it. Now I release it to you. I ask you to bless it. I ask you to help me remove myself from this. I believe that you are the giver of all of these gifts and that you'll do with it what you want. And I want to honor you in even stepping away from this right now. 
now. So something mm-hmm. like that, just writing a benevolent detachment prayer that I can read and recite to remind myself that I'm not a soldier. I'm not like a worker bee in the kingdom. I'm a daughter and I get to live like that. And I get to act like that. Not like my whole life is about obligation and over responsibility. Yeah. That's good. One other quick practical, (laughs) it's not quick (laughs) or easy, but I'm going to say it like it is, is that you need to set boundaries and keep them. Talking about boundaries is awesome. I cannot suggest enough Lisa Turkhurst's new book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. I'm actually reading it right now, and it is so fantastic and so helpful. But here's what I want to lovingly call out our generation on. We love to talk about boundaries. We do not set them. Yeah. And <laughs> we like to think we do. We don't. We do. And what's more, I think that sometimes when we do set them, we do not keep them. We do not hold them. Yeah. A therapist that I was working with a few years ago gave me this insight that was so important that I've now remembered for years. And she said, the best way to keep a boundary is not to express it anymore. You don't have to tell people, this is my boundary. You just keep it. That's how you communicate your boundaries. That means you don't pick up your phone at night when work is calling and you're off the clock. That means you don't respond to an email at 1030. That means you don't say yes to every single thing that you're offered to do. And that's how you keep the boundary. And so this is not quick or easy to do, but I'm saying it in a quick and easy way because I do believe for a lot of us, it's the key to really keeping what our souls need for restoration and renewal. So set boundaries around the areas of your life that need to be sacred, that need to be restful, that need to be a spot of renewal for you and keep that boundary. Amen. Amen. All right. My last practical is invite other people in. You absolutely cannot live in a community that hates rest and refuses to engage in it and also do it really well and be comfortable with it. And so invite other people in, invite your spouse, invite your roommates, invite your family, invite your kids, invite your coworkers, ask them to read a book on rest with you. I have one coming out in 2024. So get ready. I know that's a minute to wait, (laughs) but I'm working on it as fast as I can, but invite other people into this conversation, screenshot this podcast and send it to them and say, can we talk about this? Mm -hmm. Can we chat about this? Can we work on our rhythms together? But you cannot keep these rhythms for yourself if you're in a community that won't honor them as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you can, you can, and we will have to in very many cases, but it will be difficult. It'd be so much harder. It's a lot harder. (laughs) So it'd be a lot easier to invite people in and to talk to them. And here's the thing. It will be good for them. Yes. (laughs) And once they like experience it a little bit, they'll be like, okay, I get it. And then they'll, you know, they'll start adopting the boundaries too. They'll start planning the, the rest time too. In Jesus name. Amen. Listen, we're all growing. We're getting better. Wink, wink. We're writing (laughs) and we're doing our absolute best to balance these good, beautiful callings that God's given us with the rest and restoration that our souls need. We would love to hear from you about this episode. If it's served you in any way or if you have questions about it, will you join us on our Go and Tell Gals Facebook community? We have a crew of thousands of women over there who are talking about the podcast episodes every week. They're sharing insights. They're encouraging each other. And again, it would be an incredible community for you to process this with to solidify some of these rhythms in your life. You can also, again, just send this podcast to a friend. We are so grateful for you. God is mighty in you. Let's keep going. 
Thanks for joining us for today's podcast episode. We would be so blessed if you would take a minute to leave a review wherever you've listened to this podcast. You're also welcome and encouraged to share this on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you use social media. We'd also love to hear from you. DM us on Instagram or send us a message on Facebook. Shoot us an email. We love to connect with you to hear how we can encourage you and further equip you. God is mighty in you. Let's keep going.